So we got some dreams for what God could do through, through his church in Oakland. Yeah, that sounds a lot better right there, right? What about the lightsaber going off in the background the whole time? So that was, that was nice. This is a lot, this is a lot better. Um, so we've um, got some dreams for what God could do through this church in Oakland. Um, we're getting ready to meet every week in June. And, um, and I just would love to share some dreams with you this morning, if that's okay. Um, the, the dream, the hope, is actually right here on this banner here that we would become a community that's following Jesus for the renewal of Oakland. And, and that sounds really great to put on a banner, but what do we actually mean by, especially that, that, those last couple uh, words there, the renewal of Oakland? What, what, is it, what does renewal actually look like in Oakland? Um, when, when we say renewal, we're describing... What could happen in our hearts and lives if our hearts and dreams became aligned with God's hearts and dreams? Because, you know, we could look around at our life and our neighborhood and, and we might have some dreams. But, but for us to bring those things before God and go, God, what do you think about this? Is this on board with what you want to do in my life and in my neighborhood and in my relationships? And so when we talk about renewal, we're describing what could happen if God was at work um, through his church, and most of the time is usually how that works, to, to repair and renew and restore people and places that are worn out or run down um, or broken. And I think, I think you'd agree is if, as you look around Oakland, as you walk around Oakland, as you drive around Oakland, um, as you overhear people's conversations in Oakland, there's a lot of beauty. There's a lot of really great things about this place. And at the same time, there's a lot of brokenness. And I, I don't think it would take very long for us to be able to think about something that we love about Oakland that we think is absolutely beautiful and amazing. And we're like, yeah, that's why I live here. Um, but also some things where we, we, when we think of brokenness, the stuff that breaks our heart, um, there's probably some things that come to mind for us too. So um, let's take time to uh, circle up and get to know each other a little bit. We'll do this a couple times through the message. Um, but I'm sure you've got some, some thoughts around this. So beauty and brokenness. If just quickly introduce yourself uh, with a group of like three or four people and, and tell them where in Oakland do you see beauty and where in Oakland do you see brokenness? Okay? Circle up and then I'll, I'll call you back together in just a little bit. All right. I always have to jump in because there's certain groups that are done talking and, and they look up at me like, okay, rescue us. We're, we're done. We have, we, we, we covered all the stuff and, uh, it's, it's getting weird. So, um, and then the other groups are doing fine and they're like, we're just getting going. We're becoming best friends. Why are you interrupting right now? It's, it's, I'm sorry. It's for the sake of the other group that's looking at me, that's wanting me to rescue them. So that's what's going on. So, um, yeah, what, uh, let me, let me just hear a couple examples. Where, where do you see beauty? Where, where are some examples of beauty? Uh, call it out. Beauty? What? Say again? Nature? Absolutely. There's, a, there's a lot of beauty, beautiful nature around here. What else? Beauty? Reunion? Aww. I'll pay you later, buddy. I'll pay you later. What, what else? What else? Where do you see beauty? Skyline? Mm-hmm. Yes? Rain and shine. Yeah, no kidding. We've got beautiful weather here. City team. Yeah, some handsome guys there. Yeah, some handsome fellas. This school, yeah, yeah, a lot of beauty here, a lot of really cool stuff happening. We're going to talk more about that soon. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, beautiful diversity and the work that's happening here. It's it's gorgeous. Brokenness, examples of brokenness. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of need. This is a vulnerable group of students and what they're going through. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, I'll pay you later. All right. Uh, uh, other brokenness. What else? What else comes to mind? Brokenness. 
whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, wait. Under the over, under pretty much every Oakland overpass. Yes, you see brokenness. What else? What else? City team. team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, a lot of brokenness there. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, guys. For, for, the, for the people and the places in Oakland that are worn out and run down and broken, would you agree that there is way too much for just one church to do? That's fair to say, right? Yeah. Uh, we need a, lot of, need a lot of people working to address the brokenness that, that we see around us. My prayer is that over the years, God expands our capacity as a, as a church for, for working for renewal in Oakland. But as we're just getting started, we got to stay focused because otherwise, if we try to do too many things, we'll get spread too thin. We can't, we can't do everything, even though there's so many things we see that, that break our heart that we go, what about that? What about that? What about that? And we're not saying that any of those things aren't important. It's just we have to pick and it's hard, but we also have to trust that there's other churches at work and there's other agencies and organizations at work that, you know, we can go, okay, we could, what's our piece of this larger picture that God's calling us to? And how has God been leading us specifically to work for renewal? Um, I want to talk uh, in the future about city team and all the fun stuff we've been able to do with these guys. Um, but God also, he prompts and lead, leads us in all different kinds of ways. One of those ways is through places. He led us to city team uh, as a place and, and some really cool connections that have happened in that way. But God has also led us in the place that he's provided for us to worship. Um, Oakland International, they serve the immigrant population of high school students. And um, the Oakland International teachers and staff, they, they have become um, our heroes because not only are they educators, not only is it hard enough to be a teacher as it is, but they advocate for the practical and emotional needs of these students who have such a challenge in front of them. They are attempting to complete a high school education while being brand new to the United States. And you see all the different flags represented in this room. You even see some of the student portraits around the room. Um, they, they've got a huge challenge in front of them with everything that they're dealing with. Some of them are here on their own. Some of them are here and they're brand new. They're, they're coming from a place of, of, of chaos, maybe the country that they came from. Um, they're, they're dealing with all this emotional trauma and things like that. And at the same time, they're trying to make a new kind of life for themselves. And so if we want this school, if we want this community to know the good news of Jesus their first step is not going to be that they show up at our things. Their first step is actually going to be that they're going to meet us because we're going to be showing up at their things. Um, if they, they are wondering, does the, does the good news of Jesus have anything to do with the needs of our students? Or do you guys just, just care about what you guys are doing with your thing on, on, on Sundays? And I want to be able to say to them, yes, Jesus wants everything to do with them and what's going on in their lives. This is a, this is a vulnerable and an underserved population of students. And God's heart, we see it all throughout the scriptures, God's heart is for the vulnerable. And so we take our cue from Jesus, who calls us to serve others, considering them better than ourselves, as Philippians says. It's been a dream of mine that we could serve in the place where we worship. My dream is that we could start to show up for these students and the, their families and this community in, in all kinds of ordinary, everyday ways uh, for the staff, for the students, for their families. So we've been asking the staff at Oakland International, um, what, what could we do that would make your lives easier? Um, what would serve 
your students. And, and they gave us a great starting point. First of all, they said, would you just learn about the school? Learn about our story. Learn, learn about our mission. And they've given us some different reading materials, um, things that they've created that tell the stories of students and the work that they're doing here. This one has a bunch of uh, hand-drawn illustrations of um, students, them telling their story. Um, so we are Oakland International. There's even, um, uh, there is even a cookbook. Uh, this one's called Between Meals, uh, Stories and Recipes from California's Refugee Women. Um, the second edition, because the first edition was very popular. Um, so if you're a foodie and you want to learn some international dishes and also get to know people's stories through food. And then this one's called um, I Am Home, Portraits of, Amer- of Immigrant Teenagers. And it's, uh, it's got portraits of the students, and then it's them telling a bit of their story. And so they, that's the first step that they gave us is just, just learn, learn about us. And so I'm going to put those right here. The, these are a gift from the school to us. Anybody could take a copy to read, uh, whichever one jumps out at you. And then after you've read it, pass it along to somebody else in the group and, and tell them like, what stood out to you. And, and the more we get this story under our skin, the more we get to know these students, the more God starts to break our hearts for things that he's been seeing all the time happening at this school. And it'll start in some really small, simple, simple ways, but then this will grow where we'll get to know these students and you'll go, I got to do something. And, and that sense, that brokenness that happens in your own heart, that'll lead to prayer. Those kinds of prayers will lead to action. And before you know it, God's at work in your life to be working for, for renewal. Um, if you want to learn about some other ongoing volunteer opportunities here at the school, there's um, soccer without uh, borders. If there's any footballers here in the house, um, that happens after school. Um, that's a, you know, soccer is another, another language, uh, another way to connect with students. There's volunteer opportunities uh, during school hours and after school hours. That'd be a great way for you to get to know students. So if you want to know about some ongoing opportunities, text the word LEARN to the number that's on the screen here. And now I, I did make a point. This only works if you've already texted welcome to this number here, 510-400-4336. So if you've already filled out the online connect card and, and done that text message, then, then this will work for you. Um, but you can also fill it out on uh, the, the, the paper uh, card on your seat, the paper connect card if you want info. But from there, we'll get you info about volunteer opportunities here at the school. The second thing that they, that they asked for us to do, um, the school year is wrapping up pretty quick here, and the teachers and staff would appreciate help with classroom cleanup and organization. And so on Saturday, June 1st, um, I'd love for all of us to show up for the day of service right here at the school. Um, the day of service is where we contribute um, what you might call some sweat equity. Um, so what's great is that several of the teachers and staff are going to be here, and um, before we even get started, they're going to tell us that we'll circle up right out here. They'll tell us about the mission of the school, why they do what they do, and we'll be working with them to beautify the school and organize and clean up and do different stuff. But as we do that, we'll be side by side with those staff. We can encourage them. We can get to know their heart for their students. Um, some really cool stuff happens uh, while you're just doing some school beautification right alongside the staff. So if you want to take part in the day of service on Saturday, June 1st, um, you do need to sign up because Project Peace are the ones who coordinate the event. And there's actually a limited number of spots. Believe it or not, um, this, this whole place gets filled up, and at a certain point there's no room for you, and you'd have to pick another uh, school site. But what I would love is if you, if you text the word SERVE to the number on the slide, we'll get you the sign-up link. 
My dream is that reunion would actually um, get to the point where we fill all the volunteer spots and people have to go elsewhere. We go, no, this is our school. This is our territory. This is our place. We take care of the people here. Go love somebody somewhere else. This is, this is our place. Um, and we start putting God's love on display for the students and staff here in some really practical ways. Um, I have every confidence that this group is going to step up and serve those needs. It'll be a really great day. Um, it's always really cool um, to see what God, God does through that. And now, um, I'd love for us to hear what Jesus has to say uh, to us about renewal. I've got a few friends who are going to join me up here on screen to read Jesus' words. So come on up if that's you. So have got Lisa and Phil and Baxter. And then for everybody else, if you could turn in the Bible to the Gospel of John, chapter 15. And if you need a Bible, put your hand up and an extremely good-looking person will hand one to you. Just look for an extremely good-looking person with a Bible and that's the person who's going to get you one. So if you need one, but Gospel of John, chapter 15, and um, let's hear what Jesus has to say uh, to us about renewal. John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 12. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He lifts, he lifts up every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Guys. So, um, parents in the room, if you could, uh, you, you could probably affirm this. If something is important to you and you really want your, uh, your listeners, uh, your kids, uh, not to miss it, uh, you tend to repeat yourself, yes? Parents? Mm-hmm. Do that. A lot of repeating happened around the house. I really thought I told you. I thought I, we covered this. Yeah. Um, so, um, if something's important to you and you don't want your listeners to miss it, you repeat yourself. So um, let's circle up one more time with our, our group and tell them, how did you just hear Jesus repeating himself? What are some things you heard him say a bunch of times, but maybe in a bunch of different ways? So circle up and how did, how did you hear Jesus repeating himself? Ready? Go for it. All right. So I, I heard somebody, uh, when they circled up with their group, they got to it real quick. They were just like, remain, 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 remain. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how else did Jesus repeat himself? What, is there anything you heard? Some different ways. Wait, what would you guys say? Remain was one of them. Yeah. Anything else? Have we heard him repeating himself? Does that pretty much sum it up? Remain? 
He's the vine. You heard that one again and again, that image. Anything else? Bearing fruit. You heard that again and again. What else? Love. Yeah. Remain in my love. Yep. Cool. Yeah, Rich. I am. Yeah, again and again. Yes. I am. That's a good setup for me right now, Rich. Uh, thank you. So our, 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 in our first Sundays together, we've been asking the question, who is Jesus? So he just said, I, I am, and he just said a, a bunch of things about that. Who is Jesus is probably the most important question you could ever ask. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and just say it is the most important question. Um, and Jesus has just made some of the most wild and wonderful claims about um, himself, some of the most wild and wonderful claims that anybody's ever made. Um, he's made some wild claims about himself in what we just read, and he's made some wonderful claims about the ones that he calls into relationship with himself. So wild, he says, I'm the true vine. Wonderful, you're the branches. Wild, remain in me. Wonderful, I will remain in you. Wild, apart from me, you can do nothing. Wonderful, If you remain in me, ask for whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. Wild, remain in my love. Wonderful, your joy will be complete. Wild and wonderful, I'd say. Uh, Love one another as I have loved you. Whoa, that's huge. How, How is all this possible? Jesus repeated one word over and over again, remain. And it's, it's a word that describes connectedness. It's, it's a word that describes where you live. Um, you might have the word abide or dwell right there. Jesus, with this word, he is saying that those who stay intimately and organically connected to me, making their home in and with me, they bear much fruit. And they can ask for whatever they need from my Father, and God, my Father, will give it to them. So as your pastor, I want to make sure that you know where to find your strength and your hope in working for renewal. Because uh, when we work for renewal, it can, it can be really exciting at first. We're telling people all about, you know, how we spent our time uh, this last weekend or something we did where we were working for renewal. We're, we're excited about it at the beginning. But then what happens when you come face to face with some serious darkness, some serious brokenness? What happens when you come face to face with something that makes you realize this is way too big for me? I don't know what I was thinking. This is this is huge. And, and you, you, you feel like, should I stop? Should I quit? Do I have what it takes? Was I stupid? Here's something we need to repeat to ourselves and to each other over and over again. We are not the saviors of Oakland. We're not. We are not the saviors of Oakland. If we, if we forget where our help and our strength comes from in this work for renewal, and we start to put our hope in a program or a ministry or our own creativity, our own strength and abilities, we're going to burn out. We're, we're not going to make it. Those things uh, are going to let us down. We're going to let ourselves down. We're not the saviors of Oakland. Jesus is the only savior. Jesus is the only one who has what Oakland needs. And Jesus wants to save you and me from renewal burnout. He calls us to work with him in his work for renewal, but he doesn't say go out there and be awesome all by yourself. He has, he has a different, different way for us to go about doing this. Jesus does this with how he describes himself and how he describes us in John 15 when he says, I'm the true vine and you're the branches. Or this is how Jamaican Jesus would have said it. 
it's so bad. I know. I know. But if you laugh, that encourages me, and then I do it again. So Jesus says if we remain connected to him, we're going to bear much fruit. Now, what is that fruit? Grapes bear, grapevines bear grapes, and apple trees bear apples. The Jesus vine bears Jesus fruit. That fruit is the life and the character and the work of Jesus. God our Father expects that as he goes through his vineyard and inspects the branches, he's going to find more and more of the life and character and works of Jesus. God really wants to see the life and work and character of Jesus reproduced in the world. So as the gardener, the Father goes to work to make sure that this happens. And in John 15, Jesus tells us that his Father, the gardener, does two things. First thing, depending on your Bible translation, the Father either cuts off or lifts up the branches that aren't bearing fruit. So we've got to talk about that one. Which one is it? The second thing he does is that he prunes, or maybe your translation says he cleans, same, same idea, same word. He prunes or he cleans the branches that are bearing fruit. So first of all, if you and I aren't bearing fruit, does the Father cut us off or lift us up? In the original language, that word could mean either. And uh, you, have to, you have to get into the, uh, the actual context to understand how that word's being used. But we have to understand which one this means because one gives us a really harsh picture of God the Father. Where he's just like, you're done. You're not bearing fruit. I'm cutting you off. The other picture is deeply compassionate. So, which one is it? When Jesus spoke these words, he spoke them into an agricultural society. And our our problem in 2019 in the East Bay of California is most of us barely know where our food comes from. Um, It comes prepackaged. It comes canned. Somebody else did all all the work uh, for us ahead of time. Uh, We even get dirt on our hands, and we're like, ew, dirt. I need hand sanitizer. This is gross. But for Jesus' original listeners, they weren't wondering, like us, which one Jesus meant because one is really bad gardening and one is really good gardening. So they're not wondering if one is, if, if Jesus means cut off or, or lift up uh, for the branches that aren't bearing fruit. Because their 24-7 reality was agricultural. So they knew what Jesus was saying. And so as agricultural noobs, um, you and I get helped uh, by this really great book um, called Secrets of the Vine by Bruce Wilkinson. He's a Bible teacher and an author. And in this book, he, ta- he, he, he explored this question himself. He was trying to figure out which one is it. And so he talks about this conversation that he had with a vine grower. And what he learned was that new branches have a tendency to grow down. And by growing down, those leaves get coated in dirt and mud, which then leads to mildew, which keeps them from bearing fruit. And so Bruce asked the vine grower, so what do you do with those branches? Do you cut them off and and throw them away and start over and work with the ones that are bearing fruit? And the vine grower said, absolutely not. No way. They are much too valuable for that. Now, now don't miss that. Much too valuable. The vine grower says, no, what we do is we go through the vineyard with a bucket of water, and when we find those branches, we lift them up, and we wash them off, and then we re-secure them, we tie them to the vine. Now, isn't that what Jesus just said that he would do with those of us who aren't bearing fruit? When Jesus' Father sees us not bearing fruit, He doesn't cut you off. You are much too valuable for that. Lately, have you been hard on yourself because 
when you look at your life, you don't feel like you're bearing the fruit of Jesus. You're like, the life and character and works of Jesus, I'm not seeing it. Have you been beating yourself up about that? Do you know that the Father has more compassion for you than you do for yourself? Jesus wants us to know that the gardener, God your Father, is going to lift you up and wash you off and reconnect you to Jesus, the true vine. The Father really wants to see the life of his son reproduced in the world. And so when he finds a branch that isn't bearing fruit, he's going to lift it up so that it can. That is how valuable you are to him. Jesus tells us that his father, the gardener, also goes to work on the branches that are bearing fruit. And any fruit-bearing branch that he finds, he prunes away what is in the way so that a greater quality of fruit can emerge. And again, we don't totally understand this. It doesn't make sense because we don't live in an agricultural society. Pruning means that you are cutting back what's dead so that new life can spring forth. And unless a gardener does this, the plant will continue to send energy to parts of the plant that are dead and gone. And it's, it's, it's a waste of energy. I, I just want us to let this image speak to our life for a little bit. Have, have, has there been energy that has been wasted on parts of, of your life that have been dead for a long time? Have we been sending energy in direction that it doesn't need to go, go into anymore? That, that thing is gone. That chapter is over. I know for myself, I, I, uh, I tend to, social media is a tough one for me as a church planter and pastor because I, I want to support and be connected to other churches in the area and, and be excited about what God's doing in their life. But, but man, I see, you, can, you can paint a really beautiful picture of what's happening in your life or your ministry, you can, and you never show the, the messy, difficult, ugly parts. You just show all the amazing, successful stuff. And I look at that, and I start to compare, and I... I send way too much energy in that direction. God's been talking to me about that one, where it's just like, maybe I need to pull away for a little bit. Maybe whatever. I'm not sure yet what I'm supposed to do with that. But we all, we all have parts of our lives where we have been sending energy towards things that, that are, are dead. There's no life in that. And it, it just, it's, it's got to stop. We've got to close that chapter. Is it time for those parts to be done and gone for good? But, but pruning also means that, that you are cutting back what has been fruitful, so that more fruit can emerge. And when this happens to you, if it hasn't happened already, uh, it is painful and it is confusing when you're going through that. Sometimes God, our gardener, is going to cut back an area of our lives that seems to be going really well. And that is super confusing when that happens. Has it ever happened to anybody in here? Something was going really well and, and looking back, you're like, God cut that back. And, and maybe you know why but maybe you're still wondering why. Has anybody had that experience? I'm not going to call on you, and you don't have to share an example, but anybody would go, yep, yep, know what that's like? Yeah, okay. When, when we're being pruned, our, our response reveals what we really believe about who runs the vineyard. When, when we're being pruned, our response reveals how much we trust the vine keeper. God has been really speaking to me through this one because the last two months of my life have felt like a time of pruning, of a time of, of cutting back. Uh, I became a dad for the second time, and because I also didn't already have enough to do, I also thought, hey, let's plant a church with a bunch of friends. That'll be great. And, uh, and so my, my growing family and this church plant have been some wonderful fruit. It's been really cool. 
But at the same time, I have been brought face to face with my limitations. Um, I have been trying to go about business as usual as if I don't have limitations on my energy and on my time and on my soul being depleted by things. I just keep going as if I can keep going. And, um, and so then I've got these moments where I'm an engaged husband and dad, but then there's been way too many moments. You can ask Sarah lately where I have been a grouchy husband and dad, and, 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 and I'm not even always sure where it's coming from. And I've been beating myself up about all the things that are on my church plant to-do list and dad and husband to-do list that I haven't been able to seem to get to um, or do as well as I used to do. I have been mo- I've had moments where I've been a pastor who trusts God and trusts the people that God has provided who have committed to help us get this new church community going. But then there's been way too many moments where I'm, I'm unable to really rest or be fully present because in my head there's just the list of all the things uh, still to be done. And God the gardener knows this and he's been cutting me back. Because really, deep down, I have gotten about as far as I can get in my current state as a Jesus follower. Jesus knows that if I'm going to get any further, some pruning needs to happen. He has to cut back on some things that have been really good because this is as far as I'm going to get right now. Some things have got to change. But I think, I think you would agree, if you are going through this or if you have gone through this in the past, pruning hurts. And it hurts because it humbles us. Pruning reveals the areas of our life where we are weak, where we are needy. And who really wants to admit that they have weakness and need? Who really wants to say that? We ask each other, how are you doing? Good? You good? You good? Good. Great. Awesome. We're all good, apparently. And uh, who, who really wants to say... Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm really feeling cut back. I'm really feeling my, my limitations, really feeling drained. I'm really wiped out. Uh, we don't want to be a downer or we want to put this picture out of ourselves where everything's fine. I'm great. You're great. Good. I'm great, too. So these words of Jesus have been for me. I have been asking the Father to reproduce the life and character and works of Jesus in me. But if that's going to happen, he's got to show me a new way to be human. As a Christian, I don't want to just be working for the transformation of Oakland. This life of following Jesus, I I want it to transform me. As a Christian, I would like to honestly say to people that I am smoking what I'm selling. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I, I, I want to make it as a disciple of Jesus in Oakland. But he's, he's, got, he's teaching me how to remain in him. He's teaching me a, a new mode, a, a new way, because the old way has reached its limits. Things have got to change. So last week, uh, I spent time in a vineyard, um, Con, Canyon, uh, Con Cannon Vineyards in Livermore. And um, Barbara is on staff there. She was offering wine tastings and educating people on the vineyard that day, so I was asking her questions. And she told me about this time a while back when there was this terrible disease that had killed off all kinds of vineyards in California. But she pointed out these concannon vines that had endured. They, they had made it. Uh, it. It was even so much so that UC Davis sent out scientists to check this out. They were just amazed. Like, why did these ones make it when other ones didn't? And Barbara pointed out these mother vines to me. Uh, I never had heard that terminology before, but there were these mother vines Vines that were fruitful, vines that had endured um, where others had died off. And, um, he, and then what she told me was that what the, the expert vine growers did with these fruitful vines, these mother vines, 
they, they pruned them. They, they cut them back. That was their reward for their fruitfulness. I'm going to cut you back. And it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. But if you're a vine grower, that is what you do when there's fruitfulness. Why, are, why were they doing that? So that more fruit could emerge. And so I walked into the vineyard, and I sat down under these mother vines, um, which sounds very spiritual, but really I was just sitting down so I could stay out of sight because I don't think I was supposed to be there. Uh, I didn't want to be in trouble. Um, who are the rule followers in the room? Rule followers and then rule breakers? Yes, rule breakers. Yes, my people. So, um, so I was, uh, I was, I was trying to. I was. It sounds spiritual. I was just trying to stay out of sight so I wouldn't get kicked off the property. I was, just, I was trying to have a moment, and I felt like if I asked, they would say no. So I didn't ask. Um, but the way that God has wired me, um, I pray best at the end of a pen. Um, so as I wrote my prayers, I felt like God impressed some things um, on my heart. Um, God wanted to tell me. Um, Andy, you are not a machine. I have you next to these growing, living, organic things because I want this picture to speak to who you are and how I see you. These things have limits and vulnerabilities, and so do you. So deal with it. Stop pretending like you don't need me. I am your life source. And then this was the part that really got to me. I felt like God wanted me to know, Andy, if, if you want to be good news for Oakland, you have got to get off the East Bay treadmill where people never stop moving, never stop accomplishing. Why don't we stop moving? I think it's because we're afraid that if, if, if when it comes to keeping our homes, when it comes to keeping our relationships, paying the bills, that we are all alone and that it's all up to us. But that is not what Christians believe. Christians trust that our lives are in the hands of a good gardener. God is not like our parents or our teachers or our peers or bosses. He does not shame us for our weaknesses. He does not shame us for our vulnerabilities. He loves showing up for his kids. He loves to care for branches that are drooping. So if you want to be good news for Oakland... We have got to remain in Jesus. He is going to teach us the way of grace, which goes completely against the grain of the East Bay treadmill. Grace is when God gives freely and extravagantly over the top to us, reminding us that we are not alone, reminding us he is our father and he is for us. So if you're being pruned right now, if that's you, know that you're pruning. It is not arbitrary. It's not random. And as you're being pruned, you are so close to the Father because it is His hands who are doing the work. And He knows what He's doing with you. You're not alone, and He is so, so close right now, if that's what's going on in your life. So that's, that's the God, the gardener's part. If He's the one who lifts up and washes and reconnects and prunes, what, what is our part in, in all of this? It's that one word that Jesus kept repeating again and again and again. Remain. Remain in me. Abide. Dwell. Stay connected. Live in me. And if we're in him, and if he is in us, then everything that is in him is in us. So the life of Jesus, the holiness of Jesus, the, the creativity and courage, and patience, and joy of Jesus. If we are in him, then everything that is in him is in us. 
We can't do anything apart from Him. But in Him, everything that is in Him is in us. So reunion, priority number one in this work for renewal is that we remain in Jesus. But how do you do that? Because when, when Jesus says, remain in me, remain, it sounds very passive. It doesn't sound like there's much to do with remaining. But it's really not. Remaining in Jesus is something we actively have to do because we easily slide into our old way of doing things. We easily slide back into the East Bay treadmill. We easily slide into, I got this. I got all the resources. I got all the ideas. We easily slide into that. So it's actually a very active thing to remain in Jesus. This has to be our sole focus. We have to remind ourselves all the time and even help each other and remind each other. It's easy to get distracted in this. And you and I aren't going to be able to remain in Jesus if we're distracted, if we just try it for like a day or a moment. It's easy to jump on board with a new cause or a new mission. But then what's going to happen is we're going to get bored. There's going to be some newer cause that catches our eye. And, and then we're going to stop showing up for our commitments. And people can't count on us. The people that are vulnerable, that God has called us to take care of, places where he's called us to remain and, and work for renewal. We cannot do this alone. We, we can't remain in Jesus alone. And, so, um, and, we, and we can't do this if we're distracted. And so we are going to be known as a group of people who are faithful. Faithful people would be so refreshing in Oakland because faithfulness, I think you would agree, is rare. Um, uh, if you've heard of uh, FOMO, which is fear of what? Fear of missing out. Well, there's a new acronym, uh, FOBO, which is fear of a better offer. Uh, we get an evite, we get an invitation for something, and we love to select maybe because... Maybe the day of, I'm just not feeling it. Or maybe something better will come along. And so I didn't lie to you uh, that I wasn't coming to your thing because I selected maybe. Um, We live in a culture that does not commit. And that cannot be who we are as a church. If you want to stick out as a Jesus follower in Oakland, then be faithful. Show up when you say you will. That is so rare around here. Be faithful, because that's going to preach. So we're going to be faithful. We're also going to be ruthless. You and I cannot embrace this new way of Jesus if we are not prepared to kill off the old way. And the difficult thing about following Jesus in Oakland is that we can be completely ignorant of all the ways that we are being formed all the time by godless and self-centered systems and ways of thinking and ways of living These things form us and are shaping us all the time rather than the priorities of Jesus, our king, and and, and his kingdom. In in all kinds of ways, we can be corroded and discouraged and distracted and worn down by, by another way of life, by another way of seeing things and believing what's true than what's true about Jesus and his kingdom. And so if we're going to disconnect from those corrosive elements and we're going to really remain connected to Jesus, our true vine, we've got to find new patterns for our life, new ways of being formed, because we're being formed all the time. You can become somebody on accident or you can become somebody on purpose. Everybody's becoming somebody. But if we just coast and, and we're just part of the East Bay culture, we will become somebody on accident, but it won't look like somebody who's formed by Jesus and his kingdom. And so there has to be this ruthless pursuit of the life that Jesus offers to us. So faithful and ruthless. And finally, together. We've got to do this together. 
The work of renewal is way too big for you and I to do on our own. We're going to need the help of a group of people who are contending for God's renewal in our lives and in their lives and in our city. Uh, There's the language uh, used in the New Testament of spurring one another on towards love and good deeds. We are going to be tempted to drop this when things get boring, when it's just not doing it for us anymore, and we want a new cause to, to jump on board with, or we just want to, I just want to get some me time, or whatever reason that we have for that. We also have blind spots, and the thing about blind spots is you don't know you have them. Uh, you need other people to show you where your blind spots are, and so we need the perspective of other people who care about us, who are also taking on the way of Jesus to go, you know what, I'm seeing this thing that I feel like is standing in the way. You, you, you keep getting stuck, you keep hitting some obstacles, and is it okay if I tell you that? So faithful, ruthless, and together. Uh, can I tell you about a plan to do this? This is, this is where it was all leading. This is where it was all building. So um, we're going we're gonna to do an experiment together. We're going to perform a 40-day experiment um, where we are supported by two or three other people. And we're going to be asking God to form in us new life patterns life patterns that are shaped by a desire to remain connected to Jesus because we were never meant to do this alone. We need each other. And so three to four people uh, at reunion, these groups of three to four, they're going to experience each other's transparency in, in their lives, and they're going to experience each other's prayers and encouragement as, a, as this experimental 40-day renewal group. Um, we're going to commit to each other for 40 days in, in four different ways. Um, so what are we committing to? Commitment number one, once a day, we're going to all take time to remain in Jesus. And all of us, depending on our lives and schedules and things like that, some of us, that's going to look better if that happens in the morning. Some of us, you know, before we do anything, some of us, there's an afternoon time or an evening time. But once a day, we're going to take time to remain in Jesus. As a church, we're going to be reading through Jesus' words in John 14 through 17, uh, which we we already uh, did a little bit of that in John 15. But as we do this, we're going to see what jumps out at us, and we're going to be asking for God's renewing power to be at work in us. We're going to go, Jesus, what you're describing here, I want this to be real in my life. So if you go to reunionoak.com slash remain, that's our website, but slash remain, there's a reading plan and there's some group direction for you. Um, so that's, that's everything you would need would, would be right there. Commitment number two is that once a day we would connect with our group um, so that we can tell them, here's how God led me to pray about what's going on in my life, and here's the cool part, here's how God uh, led me to pray for you. Wouldn't that be cool? Like with all the negative text messages and posts that we read from other people, like wouldn't these kinds of messages be so encouraging and refreshing? Like somebody's praying for me today. Like God put something on their heart for me. Wow, okay, and, and I am sending them regular encouragement too, and God's talking to me in ways I've never heard him talk before. He's talking sometimes through other people in my group. Sometimes he's talking to me as I, I, I start praying and thinking about other people, and wow, I, I have not heard his voice in a long time, and it's happening. Wouldn't that be cool? So commitment number three then, we're going to practice saying no to something so that we can say yes to Jesus and his kingdom. So for 40 days... Um, we're going to abstain from one item that we consume. This is a part of breaking out of that East Bay treadmill life. So maybe, maybe it's television. Maybe it's sugar. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's making large purchases. We all know, um, we all can know the, this is something that when it comes to Jesus and his kingdom, this thing tends to distract me. And it's going to be different for, for different ones of us. This, but this one distracts me or it numbs me. 
Um, and it might also be tied to how you want to experience the renewal of God. Um, I'll give you an example for me personally. Um, I need to abstain from alcohol, from, from spirits, um, because I, I've been telling God, um, God, I'm, I'm thirsty for you. Um, there was the image uh, from the, the, the Samaritan woman at the well who's thirsty, and Jesus is describing what he wants to do for thirsty people. And I'm going, yeah, that sounds great. Um, so I am thirsty for more of God's spirit to be at work in me. So it's, uh, it's going to be water and coffee. That's it. Um, coffee because I'll be a better husband and, and dad if I have that in me. Uh, that's for Sarah's sake. Um, but other than that, I'm going to be sipping the tap water and it, it'll be a regular reminder when I'm thirsty. Oh yeah. What am I really thirsty for though? So maybe that'll spark an idea for you. Um, whatever you abstain from, how, you know, go, how, how am I distracted from Jesus and his kingdom? Or maybe, maybe I'm going to pick something that, um, is tied to how I want to experience God's, God's renewal. Commitment number four. We're going to be transparent with our renewal group about any ways that we're experiencing obstacles or frustrations in our renewal. So we go, man, I've been doing this for a few days. It's not really speaking to me. It's not really doing it. Or it is, you know, I, I, I am doing this, but man, all this stuff is, has been happening in my week. Uh, and, and maybe some of those people would go, you know what? I think you're under attack. I think there's somebody who does not want the renewal of Jesus to be at work in your life. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's what's going on. But we have to be transparent with each other about ways that we're experiencing obstacles and frustrations with this because God may speak through other people to offer encouragement and prayer for us. Again, we cannot do this alone, but with one another, um, some really cool stuff could happen. So here's the thing. If you put just a little bit into this experiment, you're going to get just a little bit out of it. But if you, if you throw yourself into this and you give a lot, um, some really cool stuff could happen. Now, I know that this is a big ask. Um, I know that for some of us, uh, you're like, I just got here. This is my first Sunday. What the heck, Pastor? Um, some of us aren't even sure where we're at with God. Um, some of us aren't sure where we're, at, where we're at with prayer or committing ourselves to another group of people. That is why it is an experiment. I'm not asking us to do this for a year. I'm asking us, let's try this for 40 days and try this for 40 days and if it does nothing for your own renewal then i pastor andy Matson, will give you 40 dollars for all the 40 days of your life that i wasted i promise i can't believe andy had me spending regular time with jesus and encouraging other people and seeking god's renewing power how dare you how dare you i will give you 40 dollars if i waste your 40 days i promise but i really doubt i'm going to need to do that um here here's the dream what if, what if at the end of 40 days, we have discovered that God made good on his promise that if we remain in him, he will bring about the fruit of Jesus in our lives. What if God made good on his promise and we got to the end of 40 days and be like, he, he did it. He did it. What if somebody in your group kept a journal of the group's prayers and frustrations and breakthroughs. And then at the end of 40 days, you got together to celebrate to party and just and just go look at this journal i kept a, i kept a log and here's all the things that god did what if you could look back on the last 40 days and go whoa how cool is that what if those of us who right now are feeling dry and weary and worn out what if we learned or or, or recovered what god's voice sounds like we're like god i i miss you and i i am dry and i have not felt connected to you in a long time what if at the end of 40 days it was something completely different. What if for those of us who are even wondering if God is even real, what if God made himself known to you? 
It's an experiment. And maybe for you the experiment is, I don't know if God's real, and this is my, I'm going to see if God's real experiment. What if God made himself known to you? What if our broken pictures of God were, were healed by a real and personal encounter where God said, this is actually who I am, and let's get, let's get rid of some of those broken tapes and broken images? What if those of us who are intimidated by the idea of devoting time to reading Jesus' words and talking to God, what if at the end of 40 days we started to realize, like, I think I was made for this. This is actually the most natural, amazing, life-giving thing in the world. So, you guys, do you want to do this experiment with me? Yeah? Okay, cool. Um, there, there is, there's a sheet of paper on your chair. It's got a vine on it and some branches. Um, on that sheet, there is a spot for you to write down the names of two to four other people. And um, if you run out of spots, your group is too big. Um, so, um, but your, your discussion group this morning is probably the best place to start for that to be your renewal group because you guys already kind of know each other a little bit. Um, so you could start there. Um, but, uh, but, but now what we'll, we'll do in our last remaining time, get each other's contact info and then just spend about five minutes as a group talking about how you're going to carry out this renewal experiment. Specifically, like, how are we going to check in with each other? What, what works best for the group? What time of day? And is it text message? Is it Facebook? Is it something else? But just figure out as a group what works for, for your group. There's some questions on your card to get you started with that. Okay? So, ready? Let's chat. Group up. Let's talk. Go for it.